Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Welcome to episode 28 of the Leadership Matters Podcast. My name is Jeremy. So excited about this particular episode. First of all, let me say happy May to you. You made it through April despite all the quarantine, social distancing measures. So congrats. You're here, you're alive, and ready for another episode of the Leadership Matters Podcast. Uh, we're very, very excited about this. This was actually a session uh, from one of our YP Online Connexus events that just happened a few days ago. So it's fresh, it's relevant, it's very COVID-19 specific and beyond. So I, I think you're really going to appreciate the insights um, and the encouragement that came from this talk. It was with about 30 youth pastors and leaders that gathered through a Zoom call with our guest. His name is Chris Estrada. He runs a an organization out of Southern California called Missions Me. And uh, he's just got an incredible resume. You can find him at Chris. Uh, Estrada.tv, his website, if you want to learn more about his bio and everything else. But he's really become a close friend of mine uh, over the past four or five years um, as I stepped into the role of DYD here in Eastern Ontario and just appreciate his heart, the authenticity with which he serves and communicates. He's the real deal on and off the stage. Um, you don't find too many leaders like Chris, and I just appreciate his heart to really invest and pour into the hearts of, of leaders. And so uh, I'm so pumped to bring this this session um, to you on this podcast. The first 15, 20 minutes are, are him kind of speaking a word of encouragement to the leaders on that call, and I think you'll be encouraged by that as well as you listen in today. And then we had some Q&A, and the Q&A was, was so... Um, so deliberate and intentional and great questions that were asked, and Chris just tackled them so well. And so uh, I'm excited to bring this uh, session from YP Online Connexus to you today. So listen in. Here it is. Well, hey, I love that we've got diversity on this call. Uh, I know I may look suntan, but this is a permanent tan, okay? This is Mexican, all right? This is 100% Chicano right here, okay? So I know we might have some caramel people. That's what I call myself. We might have some caramel people on here. I see a few chocolate people. Come on, everybody loves some chocolate. And I see a whole bunch of whipped cream <laughs> upon this uh, call. But no matter what background, no, no matter what church size, listen, no, no matter where you're located, we're all asking the same questions. It seems like God in one move it has literally caused every church to be on the level playing field of online ministry, being a community over content and all of that. And so I just want to speak a little bit to some of the things that people are asking. You know, I, I, I remember uh, uh, reading this verse in Matthew 4, 4, and just, you know, for me, I'm a Bible nerd. Okay. I love my Bible. I don't flirt with my Bible. I don't date my Bible. I don't have one night stands with my Bible. I'm married to my Bible. I believe everything in my Bible. I'm telling you, from table of contents to maps, I love my Bible. I believe the publisher of my Bible in Jesus' name. All right, so I, I love my Bible. But I love Matthew 4.4 because I feel like it's such a prophetic word over right now. Matthew 4.4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Notice he did not say precedes, but proceeds. A preceded word is something that has been said or thought, but a proceeding word tells me what is being said and what is being thought right now. So in other words, man is not going to live off of bread alone. He's going to live off of every word that God is saying 
and every word that God is thinking. And what we have been asked to step into right now as leaders, as shepherds, as pastors, as young adult pastors, as youth pastors, is I don't need to tell you what God said. I also need to tell you what God is saying right now. And I really feel like one of those words for us as leaders to strategize is really answering a few questions. In fact, let me just go for two, all right? The first one is, what should I be focusing on during COVID-19? We've got quarantines all around us. Some are lifting, some are not. Some are easy, some are not. And so what should I be focusing on? That's the first question. The second question is, what should I be focusing on preparing to sustain once quarantine bans lift? I think a big question most leaders are asking or may not even thought to ask yet because they've been so busy is that, um, is that how do I recapture momentum with my students once all of this goes back to a sense of normalcy? And so I, I want to start from the very beginning because we're looking for that proceeding word. And let me tell you, Matthew 4, 4 is very clear. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, which literally means that we have a fresh strategy waiting for, for God to impart to us. So the first thought I want to give to you is this is not, this season that we're in is not about what's next. It's about what's new. And if you're looking for what's next, you're going to live one step behind. But if you're going to look for what's new, you're looking at one step ahead. God didn't say, I'm about to do a next thing. He said, I'm about to do a new thing. And I think what happens is, is there's going to be a danger that all of us are going to step into. We're either going to, when these quarantine bans begin to lift, we're either going to go back and chase what we used to have, or we're going to step into something fresh and go into what God is asking us to do right now. And I think that what we really need to pray is that Jeremiah 33, 3, uh, a model and mindset and prophetic declaration. God says, call on me and I will answer you. Just the fact that he would answer gets me excited because I love his presence. Call on me and I will answer you. And he says, I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know, which tells me that the issue is not what I'm hearing, it's what I'm seeing. God, show me, open my eyes to be able to see the great and the mighty that you're releasing in Eastern Ontario. Show me the great and the mighty that you're releasing on students right now. I don't wanna just borrow ideas from that youth ministry I look up to, from that leader that I'm literally stealing all of their playbook. God, I wanna know like Moses. It literally said Moses, the Bible says, Israel knew God's acts, but Moses knew God's ways. Israel knew God was doing something. Moses knew why he was doing it, knew when he was going to do it, who he was going to do it through or to, and then knew where he was going to do it. I don't want to just know what's coming. I want to know why I need to be prepared. I want to know how. I want to know how to disciple. I want to know how to raise leaders. I want to know how to win souls. I, I want to know how to do that now. And so it's all about what's, it, it's not about what's next. It's about what's new. And Jeremiah 33.3 is very clear. He says, show me. As we're all praying and pressing in and, and everybody's like, I got all this time in the world and you know I need to get back to work. I'm telling you, pastors, our lives have gotten more busy than when COVID-19 was non-existent. Can I get a good amen? Just give me one of these right here, all right? I'm telling you, my phone is lit up a lot more. My calendar is a lot busier. 
because we are having to go above and beyond. Why is that? Because it's not about what's next. It's about what's new. And what God is reminding us as generational leaders is to stay connected to every one of them. Now, let me tell you, what we've all been focusing on is online. We've been focusing on Zooms, IG Lives, midweek services, house party, Netflix chats while watching a movie together. It's a whole new Netflix and chill. But the whole thing, honestly, the truth is, is that we have to be careful that we're not over here producing mass amounts of content while having less amounts of connectivity. I'm all for content. My gosh, go look at my social media. I'm all for content. But I'm for consistency. I'm for continuity. And at the end of this, students aren't going to remember who posted fire videos. They're going to remember who called them. They're going to remember who texted them. They're going to remember who chased them. They're going to remember who got them in the small group. They're going to remember those things. Again, it's not about what's next. It's about what's new. What is God asking you to do that's new? What is God killing right now that does not live or has place? Let it stay dead. Don't beat a dead horse. Don't try to resurrect what God killed. Don't try to do and recapture what God's saying. It's irrelevant. The truth is what's new is the focus that he's putting on you. It's the intentionality he's putting on you. Pay attention to the heart. Pay attention to the whispers he's speaking to you as you study his word, as you're in the place of prayer, as you're talking with students. Pay attention to what leaps, what excites you, what sparks vision, what gives conversation, what moves you to action. Pay attention to those because I'm telling you, those are the spiritual instincts and indicators that birth you in to what's new. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Come on, give me some more of these. We're going to do this the whole time. I don't even care. This is the new amen, all right? So I, I, okay. I want you guys to understand it's not about what's next, all right? If we're looking for what's next, my gosh, I can watch the news and they can tell me what's next. I want to know what's new. I want to know what God is doing. I want to know how he's doing it. Let me say this to you as well, is what should we be focusing on during COVID-19? Well, I dripped a little on you already, but the truth is I'm telling you what really slaps right now is not content, it's connectivity. It's being able to stay in contact with your students. Now, some of us have students that are maybe, uh, we have, a, you, I'm sorry, we have student ministries that are a certain size and it's easier to stay in touch, you know, my, less than 20. Some of us have more than 20. Some of us have more than that. Uh, and, and, so, and so you're thinking, how am I supposed to stay in touch with all of these students at once? Well, the truth is be wise about it. Don't kill yourself. My goodness, don't burn yourself out. I've had to back a lot of pastors and leaders. You know, we do a mentorship uh, called The Circle. And I've had to take a lot of them and go back up and be wise about how you listen. Don't, don't just swing the axe, sharpen the axe. And one of the things that you can do is make daily touch points with your students. I may be on repeat for some of you, but follow me for a second. All right. You don't need to be spending hours with them. Just make a touch point. All right. Uh, have a weekly plan. Uh, Mondays, do, do, do Mondays, do like a Bible study Monday, everybody meet me on uh, Instagram live or everybody meet me on Zoom and I'm gonna do 10 minutes. It's gonna be the best 10 minutes of your spiritual life for that day. And I'm just gonna begin to unload a, a, a series or a focus on you for the week. And you're gonna be texting scriptures throughout the week. Simple, easy. It's all of 10 minutes. You wanna break down faith right now? I'm gonna tell you what faith is. Go Hebrews 12 two. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What the heck does that mean anyways, right? 
we got to break down the Greek. We got to break down the Hebrew. And trust me, I teach basic Christian doctrines. Don't let this fool you. Okay. I am Professor Estrada. Okay. But the truth is, is have a connectivity. Monday is going to be a Bible study. Tuesday, do a meme competition. I don't know about y'all, but I'm loving the memes that are coming out right now. I, I don't know what levels of sense of humor are all across here, but let me just say the memes that students are sending me are absolutely funny. I'm telling you, it's a mood. It's a whole mood. It's just incredible. Just the creativity that's coming out. I love the memes that are coming. And, uh, and so do a mean king, mean queen competition on Tuesday. All right. Have some, ha have a, have a thread that you can bring everybody in or have them send it to you. And then you go on ID live and you show them, Hey, this is what the mean, what all that kind of stuff, or you show them some love on social media, do a mean king, mean queen, something on Wednesday. Some of us might do our midweek service on Wednesdays or Fridays, but there's your night. All right. Have a, a long amount of time. Now I will tell you this. If you think you're going to pump out a two-hour service online, good luck, okay? Because they don't even watch movies for two hours. They, listen, do, and some of you are like, I'm not doing online. I'm just going to do one-on-one -on -one phone calls. Can I tell you something? You are so outdated if you think like that because screens disciple now. They've been doing it for a long time. All God had to do was just whoop, hit the update button on everybody. And then all of a sudden, we all started understanding, hey, I can take ground. I guarantee you, all of you have had more students watch your live services than ever before in the history of your youth ministry. You've probably had more first-time visitors, if you've been tracking it, than ever before in the life of your youth ministry. But have something. Minister to them. Do some worship if you can. Do some preaching. I've been preaching at so many youth groups. I, I feel like I've preached to more people in quarantine than I would have getting on planes and going around the world. I, I love it. I've been preaching in youth ministries every week. I've been preaching in leadership teams every week. And what I want to say to you is this, have a plan. I think a good youth service online, guys, I'm going to be honest with you, is one hour. And that, to me, is real. That's like the max. Now, if you have a certain culture where you like to go longer, great. Awesome. But you watch how your attendance starts to dip off towards the end. You've lost their attention. All right. I think it was a psychological study. I think this was done by Harvard, by Cambridge. And I want to say Berkeley. They said the attention span of millennials and Gen Zers is 12 minutes. So praise God. All right? We are in, we are meeting our Goliath right now. It's called attention span. There's a whole new marketing degree for most MBAs, it's called attention marketing because this is now a science, all right? Believe it or not, we are pioneering this. We as youth pastors, as youth leaders, as mentors, as fathers and mothers, as revivalists, we are mentoring this right now. We are pioneering this for the world, which is why the world's looking to the church in so many different ways. On Thursday, I think you should do something pretty creative. Do house party. There's a house party app. You guys can play games, break it into small groups. Friday, uh, um, you can do a podcast type style or something like that. Do an IG live, do a scavenger hunt. Uh, I play paper, rock, scissors with people on IG live and see who's the champ. I'm telling you, I can, I can flood you with ideas. What I am telling you is take advantage of what's happening right now. It doesn't mean you have to be on the phone. And I believe that phone work and text messages are great, but create touch points where everybody can gather. And then outside of that, you and your leadership circle, just check on students. Hey, thinking about you today. What's new? Hey, what's the best thing you laughed at today? Hey, what are you most excited about? Stop asking them, how are you doing? 
Because guess what they're going to answer? Everybody's already got this text. Hey, bro, how are you doing? Good. I'm good. So good. Praise God, I'm good. That's from the, the, the over-spiritual kid, all right? The truth is, ask them questions. Hey, what'd you watch today? Hey, did you go to school today? Hey, did what, what did your mom say to you today? Hey, name one thing that you wish you could be doing right now. Get in their world, all right? Um, I think it's so important. Here's a, let me answer this last question, and then I'll, I'll, I'll pass it back to you, uh, Pastor Jeremy. But what should we be preparing for uh, after these quarantine bans lift, all right? I believe that a lot of us need to come in with the mindset of, I have got to recapture momentum with my students. Not don't do not think that once they're going to be so relationally starved that they're just going to run to the church. It's not going to be their first choice. Sadly, it's not. All right, and that's okay. That's not a, that's not an indictment against them. All right. The truth is, what could we be doing right now that as we start to get a picture of when these quarantines start to lift and the bands start to be non-existent, all this starts to dissolve. How can I regain momentum? I think. Doing a, uh, uh, doing a weekend of something is great, like an encounter weekend. Uh, I think uh, getting everybody together, doing a big event is great. Just reconnect everybody, get them around the presence of God, get revival back uh, on their heart, get them focused on how to take ground in this next school year. Again, it's not about what's next, it's about what's new, but regain momentum. Let me tell you what will change, all right? We are never going back to what we would call the same. And I know everybody's been using this new normal, but the problem is most people don't know how to actually put strategy to what's called new normal. I'm going to tell you what's new normal, all right? The first step is that you guys really need to consider continuing online youth ministry. You say, what do you mean by that? I think maybe once or twice a month, you should do an online service because you are now positioned to reach more students online than you ever would have before. And if you think brick and mortar is going to be enough now, it's not. But if you did perhaps some watch parties or and you were able to say, you know what, we're all we're going to do online service, invite your friends. Their friends are more prone to show up to their house than they are to the church and they do a watch party. I'm telling you, you're going to reach more people. Do a my one night. You know what my one night we train this in the circle is Everybody invites their one friend, and they're with their one friend, and that night, everybody in the youth ministry knows that you're going to preach the gospel. So these aren't just friends that are going to another church. These are friends that need Jesus, right? And so they're inviting their one friend into this watch party. You, the pastor or the leader, are preaching fire. I mean, you're preaching the blood. You're preaching the cross. You're winning souls that night. You're preaching the resurrection. You're preaching the forgiveness of sins. You're preaching blood on the mercy seat. I mean, you're preaching it, and they're getting saved. You watch how your youth ministry will continue to grow. And then you can be, you're going to win souls, make disciples, raise leaders, release revivalists. That's the goal, right? That's our pattern. That's what we do as youth and young adult pastors, as leaders in the church. But I would, I would like to submit to you that either once, if not twice, you need to do an online, uh, um, online service. Here's what else needs to change. Small groups. Everybody had to go heavy small groups. I knew guys who were like, oh, I'm just not about small groups. They never worked for us. What well, they working now, ain't they, baby? Because the truth is, that's all we got. Beside from these online touch points, how do I create community 
in focus in, in a focused atmosphere, small groups. I've been small group driven from, from the day I literally gave my life to Jesus. And I love it when students are leading small groups because I always say if students aren't leading it, they'll be leaving it. And so I believe in student leadership to the core. I love adults and adults have a place in leading youth ministry, but teenagers win teenagers, not adults win teenagers. And so youth ministries are, are now looking at their small groups going, you know, one week we could do in person and the next week we could do online. How many students do not really get fully brought in, in a sense, let me use a 90s term, plugged in to our youth ministry because they have competing focuses. They've got hockey practice, right? They've got band practice. They've got extracurricular activities they're having to do to put on their college uh, resume. But it, and, and that's because you were telling them, come to this place during this time, and then you can be a part of it. Well, the truth is they're not able to make the transportation time and make it in time and be there. And mom and dad can't be in three places at once. But if you were able to get them to where they can show up digitally, you'll have more involvement in your small groups than you ever have before. All right. Let me tell you what else is changing. The way we measure, the way you count your growth, the way you scale, all of it, the, ba the, the, the balances, the scales have all shifted. Everything is new. And let me put it to you like this. We've, we, we're not just counting uh, um, souls now. We're counting who logged on, who didn't, and how long did they watch. And the truth is, here's, here's the great thing about this, is that I, 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 you look at so many different youth ministries. I, I, let me back up. I remember when social media came out, and everybody knew who was crushing because they had more followers on social media in their youth ministry than everyone else. Now you can pay for fake people to follow you who don't even live in your county or your country. They're living in Nigeria and Bangladesh and little beep beep from over wherever doesn't even speak English yet. He's following your youth ministry. I mean, it's fake following right now. All right. Are you following me? All right. Why am I saying this? Because you can't measure anymore that way. You also can't measure on your numbers, even on your viewing, you know, uh, uh, the truth is like, everybody's like, man, you got a lot of views on Instagram. Well, the viewing count on Instagram is if they watch for three seconds, that counts as a view on YouTube. If they watch for 30 seconds, that counts as a view. So it doesn't mean that they watched your whole service or they stayed the whole time. It just means they were there for three seconds on Instagram or 30 seconds on YouTube. It's not about getting people to click on. It's about getting people to stay on. It's about bringing people in. How do we do that? Win souls, make disciples, raise leaders release revivalists. All right. Is this making sense? So the way that you measured yourself has completely changed. You know how you measure yourself now? You measure you versus you. You measure your last week from your this week, and then you continue. You can't measure you versus so-and-so. You can't do that anymore. I'm amazed. Listen to me. There were guys who had massive gatherings in their youth ministry but now go online and it's nowhere near the same amount that they were having on their, their nights of youth ministry. You want to know why that was? Because there was a lack of connection. There was a lack of one-on-one -on -one relational building. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody. I'm just telling you the reality of what God's done. He's reminding all of us, you're a shepherd. You're not a social media connoisseur. You're not meant to go viral. 
You're not meant to sit here and have influence. You're not an influencer. You're a shepherd. You're a pastor. And students don't need communicators right now. They need people who are going to watch over their life, comb through their soul, impart the word of God, declare prophetic things over their life, and walk them through from weakness to strength in every season, no matter who else is doing it. That Those people right now, those are the people that are killing it. And I like to think that everyone on this uh, here is on this Zoom call as a result of wanting that. It's not about what's next. It's about what's new. And I love what God is doing. Let's get excited about it. I'm going to turn it over back to you, Pastor Jeremy. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, so good, man. Thank you so much for, uh, yeah, just sharing your heart and just resonate, just even reading the chats as, as people. This is resonating with so many people right now so many leaders on this call and uh yeah you you just so much of what you had to say just resonated with even my own personal thoughts what i've been thinking and feeling through this whole covid-19 and conversations i'm having with leaders and pastors these days um one of the things you you talked about you know i i love the whole new versus what's next i also love the fact that people cannot go back is one thing i keep saying over and over again we're not going back it's a new day it, it, this is new times. It's a new world. And we can't just, and so many leaders, I think when this first hit, were just tempted to, to wait kind of and, and wait this thing out. Okay, we'll just wait, you know, and we'll survive. And I was giving a, you know, talking to some leaders yesterday and just talking about the difference. I actually believe we're called to thrive in this, not just survive. And Absolutely. there's a big difference to that. So, um, uh, I, I do believe the digital church is here to stay uh, and, and churches that don't get on that are going to miss it and they're going to get left behind, unfortunately. Um, one thing I do want to ask you before we get into Q&A, I'll get the Q&A going. I, I wanted to ask you just as you were talking there, because this, is, this has been constant conversation I've had with leaders over the past little while. Because everyone's been forced to go online, um, I think there's a bigger, and you touched on it very very quickly there, something you said. Um, but everyone's been forced because of this forcing everything online. It's so much easier now to compare to what everyone else is doing. And comparison was always a trap, I think, for leaders that leaders get stuck in from time to time, just social media. We all know how to take the perfect shot in our youth ministries. You know, the one that looks like there's more bodies there than there are. Um, we've all, we've, we've been there, right? And we all get that. But now because everyone's online, we can actually see, we can visibly see what everyone else is doing. And you talked about the scheduling and do this on this day of the week and this on this. I think there's probably leaders here that there's some leaders that are doing that already. They've got something on the go each day and you made it very simply. So I love the way you, you said that it doesn't have to be, you know, an hour or two hours every time that, but the fact that you're connecting and connecting is, is, is more than content. Um, but there's leaders that are just really finding it hard these days with the whole comparison thing. Cause they're comparing to what, you know, and it's not down the road anymore or geographic. It's, I can see what everyone's doing around the globe, not just in my backyard or my own city. I can see what everyone's doing. And man, I just don't feel like I measure up. I just don't feel like mm. I'm doing enough. And you hit on that in various ways. But what would you say to that leader? A leader calls you up and says, hey, Pastor Chris, man, I, I'm just having a hard time with the whole comparison thing. What would you say to them in, in, in that moment on that call? Well, this is such a dynamic question because it doesn't matter what we're in. This, this seems to just come on leaders. It doesn't matter if we're in a pandemic. It doesn't matter if we weren't in a pandemic. This is still like a lingering uh, thought in the backside of everybody's mind. And so one of the things I always point back to is identity. 
is I think a lot of times we feel our worth is coming from the ground we're taking, or maybe even perhaps the, um, the issues that we're having. Um, you know, we had a bad night and somebody else just crushed it. I, I remember, man, we, I would be on a thread with youth pastors in, in my city. And one guy would be like, yeah, we had like, I don't know, like a thousand in small groups this week. And I can't even get two small groups to meet together without trying to kill each other. And, and they're like, those are in small groups. And I wanted to text back, like, shut up, jerk. You know what I mean? Like, let's be honest, pastors and leaders. Let's, you know, people are like, we broke a new attendance record for a service. Nobody cares. You know what I mean? Like, the, it just, it eats at you. I want to remind some pastors and leaders on here. Um, the first thing that the devil went for with Adam and Eve was their identity. It, remember, he said, this is what he told them. He said, God doesn't want you to eat from the tree because he knows when you eat from the tree, you'll be just like him newsflash you're already like him he said let us make man in our image are you following me so there's an identity attack in fact the first attack that was the first attack ever on humankind the first attack when it came to jesus was again his identity do you remember the three temptations of jesus was if you are the son of god if you are the son of god if you are the son of god and Jesus came back, and one of those responses was Matthew 4, 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds off of the mouth of God. In other words, I'm not going to live off of what this natural world can provide for me. I'm not going to live just on what God said or what God thought about me. I'm going to live on the proceeding word of God. I'm going to live on what God is saying right now. I'm going to live on what God is thinking right now. And I believe that leaders, many times, we look at it. And we say, well, if I was a great leader, I would be able to produce that. But what if that's not in your grace? What if that's not even in your strategy? What if that's not even God's plan for your region? Because he's got more strategies than we have methods to birth revival and take ground in all of our cities. What if God wanted to unload a different expression? What if he wanted to do a different like bowl when the prophet takes bowl and he puts the bitter and he heals the bitter waters? What does he do? He takes a bowl. He takes the uh, bowl, puts water in it, and he throws salt. Bowls represent strategies, just like wineskins, right? And then he puts the, uh, uh, the bitter waters there, and then he takes salt. Salt represents the believer. He's taking a new strategy. He's taking what the bitter of the world is, and he's throwing believers in the middle of it, and he's got new strategies. That's why he says, uh, uh, literally, he says, the gold is mine, the silver is mine, everything is mine. Once again, I will shake the earth, and everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So I'm not focusing on what's being shaken. I'm focusing on what's not being shaken. You know what's not being shaken? Faithfulness. What's not being shaken is focus. What's not being shaken is your prayer life. What's not being shaken is the legitimacy, the accuracy, and the authority of his word. And so if we start to look at other ministries as somehow of a measuring stick, my Bible says that anyone who lives in Christ ought himself live like Christ. That doesn't mean whoever says they're a pastor should be like so-and-so. That's worldly concept leadership. That's so watered down leadership. I believe in borrowing ideas. I believe in receiving from great leaders. But at the end of the day, I am measured by how much I look like Christ. And as a pastor, Colossians 3 verse 3, you got me set off right now. Colossians 3 verse 3, it says, do everything you can to present every man faultless before Christ for in so doing you will be judged. In other words, not only I'm supposed to be like Christ, my job as a pastor, as a leader, even as a parent, is to make sure everyone around me is more Christ-like than when they first met me. 
You look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. It says, train yourself for godliness. I know it sounds like I'm not answering this question, but the truth is, are you being faithful? Are you being diligent? Can you be, listen, can you be reliable with 12 so that when 1200 comes, you'll know exactly what to do? It's amazing to me that Jesus shared a parable about the, the lost sheep. He said he would leave the 99 to go after the one, which means he had a total of 100. How, here's, here's my question to all of us leaders who are asking this question. How come I'm not bigger? How come I haven't grown? How come I'm not taking more ground? Do you have enough capacity, system, vision, leaders to notice when one out of 100 is missing? Because if you can't notice when one out of 10 or one out of 20 is missing, the most precious thing to God is people. He will not send you more than you have capacity to handle. So one out of 99, he noticed, my thought was, the fact that he had enough foresight, enough intuition, enough strategy, maybe perhaps enough structure to notice that one out of 100 was missing is very challenging to me as a leader. I've got to create leadership. I've got to create structure. I've got to create systems. I've got to create relationship so that we notice when the one is missing, not just where's my 100. No, do you notice the one? Not just where's my 100. And let me speak to this too. Is systems a bad thing? No. You look at structure, the Spirit of God only came down when the tabernacle was built. Once there was structure, then the Spirit of God fell. Same thing with the temple. The Spirit of God only inhabited the temple when there was structure. It's the same thing with the cross. Once the cross was finished, it's finished work. What happened? The veil was torn and the Spirit of God invaded. We do need structure. Now, we don't need structure over spirit. We need both right? And we need them to collab together. But this is what gives you uh, confidence to know, you know what? I may not have had 500, but I had my 50. And I'm telling you, we're taking some ground. I'm celebrating this kid's win. I'm celebrating for this parent's breakthrough. I'm celebrating these three new visitors. I'm celebrating that one salvation because I've got a vision for thousands, but I may only have 50, but man, I'm going to be faithful by 50 because it's the proving ground for my thousands. Let, let me give you this last thought. I told you, you set me off on this because I, I have ministered, Go ahead. led, Go ahead. discipled, okay. built, related to so much of this. I'm telling you, in the circle, I deal a lot with this as I mentor pastors and leaders. But the truth is, is that a lot of this is only done because we have not looked on faithfulness with the higher value that we need to. And I know this may feel like a challenge and please know that I love you enough and I respect you enough to tell you this, but you are worth following. If God wanted somebody else to be leading your student ministry, they would be leading it. If they wanted some, if God wanted somebody else in the position to lead, he would have had them there. But he's hand chosen, hand pick you to do it. Walk in that confidence and watch growth happen. Okay, we're just going to ask everyone about your heads and close your eyes. Uh, that's a wrap. Wow. Okay. So good, Chris. So good. So glad that you're on this call with our leaders today. That was powerful. Um, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to open it up for these leaders. Some of them are just itching maybe to ask their own question. Uh, if there is none, I've got more that will keep us going. Um, but uh, I want to open it up. So if you've got a question right now, um, we'll just uh, unmute your. And uh, so just wave your hand maybe at us and between Jess and Ashley or myself, we'll unmute you and, uh, or you can unmute yourself and ask away. So anyone have a question? 
Nobody wants to go first. Come on. When do you get a top quality leader like this personally in a Zoom call like this? Come on. Who's got uh, I, have, I have a question there uh, we go. for Pastor Chris here. Um, so a lot of the stuff about post-COVID and everything that we're going through right now, um, as what you mentioned was some of the things that I kind of wanted to instill in my youth program because of the life group aspects. But how much, um, you know, there's always that line between the physical, like in terms of being with students and creating that re those relationships in that way. How far should we go to the online spectrum? What's a, what's a good distance for that? Because um, I recognize you're still losing, we're still losing something by not having that personal, hey, we're going for coffee. Hey, you know, like we're meeting. Because I would love personally for my group and my setting to take it to the nth degree with online. But I'm afraid that that distance myself relationally too far, if that makes sense. Sorry, Chris, you're still muted. Yep. I, I just want to clarify the question. You're asking how much online is too much? or Yeah. So for, for me, I would love to, uh, for my context, I have a smaller church. I've got smaller groups. So before all this, I had a group where we were meeting with our junior highs and senior highs together because of just the limitations that we had. And now what this, um, what this is doing is allowing me to run separate groups, small groups with our senior high and junior high and doing things a little differently, which has been really good for our group. And I want to take that to the nth degree with things like, hey, let's continue. We've trained all these students to use Zoom. Let's continue to use life group. Like let's create these small groups throughout the month. Let's build opportunities where they still meet every other week and then have a massive, more massive like event happening at the end of every month for the groups together and come together on those. Yeah, no, actually, I think that's a great plan. Um, in fact, I've, we've done it both ways. Uh, we've done it where we were doing weekly and then we did, uh, we got so strong in small groups that we had to do monthly, but then we just felt like the disconnect. And so it just depends on the season, season and the rhythm that you're in. Um, I would say, um, like even right now, I, I don't think you could do too much online. Uh, right now, I feel like you got to be strategic so you don't burn yourself out. I find a lot of leaders are, are saying, I, I'm so tired. I, I'm going so hard. I'm having, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be creative and do things. And the truth is creativity is great, but continuity consistency is always going to be king. Always, always. So I, I would say as you're at right now, do as much as you can, but make a touch point daily. I think when uh, you do have these quarantine bans lift, I think you got to get with your leaders. Um, obviously, you're going to get before the Lord, but you got to get before your leaders and you got to ask them, what can we do to one, again, re regain momentum and sustain it? Because I th honestly, I think that's the hardest part is as the church and as leaders, we know how to build momentum. We've got conferences, we've got podcasts, we've got significant moments, we've got all of that, right? But the truth is, is we don't know how to sustain momentum very well. So I think only doing the things that you can sustain. Some guys are trying to put content out every day. And I'm like, if you can't sustain that uh, now, you're not going to sustain it when you go back outside of quarantine. So yeah. um, I think look at what you can sustain and what you can't sustain. I hope that answers your question. No, that helps. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Great question, though, Dominic.
Hey, uh, good to, um, I, have, I have a question, uh, Pastor Chris. I uh, just looking at uh, what's happening right now. Um, I don't know if it's like this with any other uh, the youth pastors, but uh, we had this core group who was invested, who loved youth group, who came on their own. Uh, they were part of leadership, um, and uh, they transitioned to all that we were doing. Um, but then there's uh, like a good good chunk, maybe about eight or ten students that we haven't seen at all uh, in this whole time. Um, and uh, even though you know their their friends are inviting them out, uh, you know we've done a lot to try to to get them to transition, but there there's been it's been a no go. Um, I don't know if uh, if you have any insight on that. What are you talking about right now during quarantine, or is this before? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So no, this, this, yeah. The last uh, month. That's definitely normal youth ministry. I don't know how many students who would come like one time or get super bought in for a season, and then they get a boyfriend or girlfriend, mm -hmm. and then it's like, wow, I just forgot about all this growth and all this uh, all the trajectory of what was happening. And, uh, you know, that is disheartening, especially for someone who cares for every student. And uh, you sound like that, Jackson, someone who just, I want every student to feel loved and cared for and watched over and prayed over and all that kind of stuff. Um, so one of the things that, uh, and I'm not sure what you can do uh, in Canada. I know there's certain places in the States you probably can't do this, um, but doing like a care package and dropping something off in front of their house. You said you have eight or 10 that might take you the, a good chunk of the afternoon, but just dropping off, saying, hey, on behalf of such and such youth ministry at this church, just noticed we haven't been able to touch base with you in that care package. You know, you've got like, I don't know, Sour Patch Kids, um, coffee, I don't know, what, whatever. But you have a schedule, I think, put in a schedule of, hey, meet us online. We're doing IG Live tonight or we're doing something. We're going to be on house party. Love to say there. This is also my cell phone number. If you need anything, call me, um, so on and so forth. So. I think doing care packages, um, I think uh, continuing to reach out to these students is so huge. Until a student told me no or, hey, stop contacting me, I never stopped. I just was so focused on making sure they knew I was consistent. There were students that came one time, and I want to say it was like two years later they came back, and they're like, the only reason I came back is because you all keep sending me uh, text messages. Y'all keep hitting me up on social media and it's just the consistency. And so that that's the, that's the win. So um, I know it's frustrating that you don't have these eight or 10 with you. And honestly, Jackson, I think you're a great pastor for noticing that. Um, but don't let that dictate how good of a job you're doing. Um, because there's a lot of, there's, I was talking to a leader in uh, a pastor in Australia yesterday. And man, the truth was, is they were, how do I say this? They were frustrated that their leaders were going dark on them. And it's like, you're under the radar, but you know, people are having to find jobs and they're having to provide for their families and they're having to finish schoolwork online, which they weren't used to. And it's such an adjustment for everybody. And it's not easy to pivot for everyone in this, this at least in this situation. So just take it for what it is, do everything possible. And if those, I, I believe those students would come out of your consistency. I hope that helps. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Absolutely. Okay, we've got time for probably one more question. We got to get to breakout rooms. We want to respect Chris's time here. You're too. on mute. Oh, 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 
I got a question. Um, Go ahead, Pastor Chris. How how would we um, how would we foster the Holy Spirit in our gatherings online? What would that look like? Like, how do we do that? Like, how do we steward the presence of the Holy Spirit as we're you know as we're on a Zoom call like this? How do, how 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 do you see that working? Or what are some tips that might be able to help us? Yeah, no, great question. And the truth is, I've actually answered this one. Probably, I would say a close second or third, because people are like, I don't want to lose that measure of presence, that anointing, that authority. Right. I don't want to lose that. Um, so here's what I would tell you, Stefan. Did I get that right? Stefan, Stefan. Either Stephon. way. Some people call me the champ. We don't have to do that. Stefan. Yeah, we don't have to. Okay. All right. We don't want to go with titles or anything, but <laughs> listen, legend. Um, the truth is, is that um, I really sense that what I want. And, and leaders need to learn this. And, and guys, please understand, I'm not telling you this as I'm on a soapbox. I'm telling you this out of my own pain. Everything I've shared with you, it's, it's caused some blood, sweat, and tears. All right? So I'm not telling you stuff I haven't done. I'm not one of those. Um, and I'm not asking you to produce something that I myself have not modeled or I'm not currently modeling. So what I have noticed in me, and I would venture put yourself in my shoes, is that there were times I was asking my students to produce what I did not model for them. And so I think a lot of us need to be careful to say, come on, we, we want you to engage. We want you to be a part. We want you to, you know, we want you to enter in whatever you, whatever terms you're using. Come on, we want you to get blasted, get wrecked, that kind of thing. Well, are you getting blasted? Are you getting wrecked? Are you entering in? Are you focused? Are you engaged? Those type of things. It's kind of like the youth pastors like, man, nobody's bringing, no students are bringing any kids. Well, how many kids have you brought, sir or ma'am? Right? So. Here's the, here's the standard I would tell you. This is just the leadership principle I've always lived by. Whatever I want produced in my students, in my people, I have to overdo it in me first. So if I want them to have a heart for fasting, I'm going to go overboard on fasting me personally. If I want them to love the presence of God, I got to do it in me first. If I want them to, to cling to the word, like, like we used to have a very quiet church. And as you can tell, I'm loud. I'm Mexican. I make no apologies for that. It's just who we are. Okay. Um, but I, I don't do quiet church. Now, I don't know how you do church, but I don't do quiet church. And so I, I love a good preach back. I love a good response. I believe the word of God deserves a response. I, I love giving the word home field advantage. Let me say it to you like this. I believe the word of God should have home field advantage. I like home field advantage because I had the most crowd support. I believe the word should have the most crowd support, but I couldn't ask my students to preach back to the message that I was not preaching back to when I was the one hearing it and not preaching it. And so the, anything I want done has to overdo in me. That's where this kicks in. Now, if you are doing that, then I would begin to say that you would sense the right timing and the authority to begin to release people into, come on, let's just take a moment. Let's take that in for a second. Anybody else sense that? Anybody else feel anything? Man, I feel the presence of God in here. You know, being able to engage and interact with your students online is huge. Um, last week, I was preaching for a youth ministry. I did this one uh, live in uh, Tennessee. Bro, we had students falling out on Zoom. Like, like, they were showing me. Like, this kid just went out. They were, like, on their phone, out. I mean, the presence of God it was just so strong. It was saturating the whole Zoom call. And, and honestly, that's what I've been feeling in my personal prayer closet, period. It's hard for me to leave my couch in the morning, not because I'm tired or not because I'm bored, but because I'm enjoying his presence so much 
that I don't want to have to get on my emails and I don't want to have to help my kids do their school. And I don't, I just want to be with the, I'm waking up earlier and I'm already an early bird. I'm four 30 every morning. I love, I'm up early. I'm with God. I'm, I'm doing all this kind of stuff because I believe in a disciplined life and spiritual disciplines are, are absolutely essential um, to the growth and the building. But I, I love that those spiritual disciplines, I've just created more time, more margin for me to have more of him. And so uh, uh, I would say to you that if you want it done in your students, make sure it's happening in you first and then call your students into it instead of doing it backwards. Uh, I hope that makes sense. Maybe that'll give it. Uh, I hope that actually like helps you out. Amens, 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 amens. Great. Good. Good. Awesome. And I, Jeremy, I have more time if, if, okay, if you I guys get, don't, I, I understand. I was going to ask you if we got time for maybe one, maybe two more questions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go I got okay. another 20 minutes, man. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll ask a question um, because I, I've had so many of these conversations as well recently with leaders, and there might even be some of them on the call, maybe some not. Um, but what would you say to the leader who says, who's just struggling with the dynamics between them and their lead or senior pastor? who doesn't get the whole technology component, maybe in a different generation, whatever. And so even the, you know, the focus we've been talking about, even once the, some of these social distancing um, legislations are lifted, we're out of quarantine, we can go back. And so we want to continue the online presence um, in, in such a powerful way um, and a significant way prioritized now, but our lead or our senior doesn't necessarily see it that way. Um, what do you, what would you say to that leader? How do you tackle that? Well, first off, I believe honoring authority is an absolute. Um, and you've yeah. got to learn to journey with people where they're at. Um, I've definitely been more of the one to be on the front line to take the risks, try new things. I'm not always an early adopter. Uh, for instance, I'm not on TikTok. That's not because I don't like TikTok. That's because I can't sustain TikTok. I can't sustain another social media platform. All right. But I've got leaders and I've got I've got people on TikTok and I got all that stuff. I'm, I know that they're like, why aren't you on TikTok? It's the same question we're asking our senior, why don't you see the value in online? They either don't see it yet or number two, God's showing them something different and you have to learn to trust your leaders. Um, I'll say this to you. Even if, if, uh, if your senior is saying, I'm not sure online is going to continue. Perhaps maybe you could talk to him about, okay, if you don't want to do online as a part of a Sunday uh, moment, maybe we could try it out with youth because I'm reaching tons of young people because that's where they're at. Maybe start there, let him see the growth yeah. and yeah. let him see the impact. And then he's going to be like, well, mom and dad are actually doing the same thing. Let's move back into that. I think that's one thing. Uh, what I do know about the Lord is that I love how he will allow, let me use spiritual terms, all right? He will allow new wine to come into you a new wine skin, not to usurp the authority that you're under, but to enhance the vision of the authority that you're under. Well, and good. so don't take your new strategy or what you see as a clear path in the next season as a means to undermine or to think you're a step ahead or to belittle your authority. Now, none of us, I, I hope all of us would be wise enough to not do this in public, but we better pay attention to how we're doing it in our hearts and obviously in our thoughts. Because if we're not careful, um, we'll end up losing all of our authority because we don't respect and honor authority. But I think there's a patience factor that's involved too. I think a lot of students um, don't, uh, or let me say this, a lot of student pastors 
are okay I'll, I'll just say it like this i think too many of us are too are trying to happen way too fast and then we get frustrated when the happening is not going well with those that are above us um let me tell you the greatest limitation in your life is not the leader above you it's the leader within you and so if you are struggling with man my senior my lead doesn't quite see the clear path that I see. Be patient, be with God, ask for permission to steward your department, your student ministry, your children's ministry, your young adult ministry in that way and let them see the growth. There were times where I had to go to my senior pastor and be able to say, can I try this? And he gave me one of those hesitations. He probably knew because I struggle with the spirit of stupid so much. I would do dumb things all the time. But he honestly, he he gave me enough, enough, um, enough of a leash to try new things and what worked he adopted and brought it in to the whole church what didn't quite work or what was only youth he didn't quite fully take the whole playbook or the whole play but he took pieces of it what what lead pastors are looking for is fruit they're looking for results if you can show them that you can produce that they'll be all on board with it some of them just don't see the fruit yet and that's okay it doesn't mean that they're less of a leader or they're outdated or they're religious or the old wineskin. That's not what that means. It means you're there to help journey with them to a place of strength. And once they see it, the whole kingdom gets a win. Oh, that's good. Real good. All right. We, we got time for got one it. more question before. Uh, okay. Waldas, I think had their hand up. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Jacob and Julie. Go ahead. Yeah. Hello, friends. Uh, Pastor Chris, we just wanted to say, first of all, we've been like screaming and cheering uh, everything you said. This has just been really we're good. We're very vocal people. Yes, we're, we're not uh, Mexican, but we, yes, we love to <laughs> scream and shout. I don't know, uh, bro, you got that mustache, that Mexican stash. Yeah, I know, one of my bit. young adults inspired it, and it's, uh, it's pretty gross right now. Uh, but anyways, I just wanted to ask, I didn't come from a church or an area that really did small groups well, um, and it really is on my heart, um, but unfortunately... I don't do it well, and uh, I also don't know how to equip my leadership team to do it well. So do you have any suggestions or resources or other things like that where, like, yeah, I just, I'm just kind of lost on that, and I don't really know how to go into that well? Yeah, I can. Let me break down a very bare-bones structure, and I'm just going to – I'll give you the skeleton, and you guys are going to have to put on the meat, right? But um, I would say that small groups need to start with you as leaders. So – you getting 12, you know, you two putting, pulling 12 people in and your mentoring, journeying, discipling, you're staying consistent with them. Make a list of 12 people. Now, this could be students. This could be students and adults. This could be young adults. It could be whoever. But what these 12 are going to turn into is your leadership team. They're going to be your core, your committed core. And as you're pouring into them, I would say give yourself about three months doing a weekly small group to be able to give them some set of, of a pattern and a consistency. So then in three months, you can say, I want to train you guys to do what I've been doing, what we've been doing with you for the last three months. And really, students are already small group leaders. I think a lot of us forget that. These guys are hanging out in small groups all the time. The only thing that makes it somewhat Christian is that you're breaking open the word, but you're still doing life together. You're still hanging out together. You're going and doing stuff uh, that only you and that certain group of people would do. So you probably do have a lot of small group um, wealth that has been untapped. And I think that would definitely help you. 
But as you, you do those 12, then you train those 12, you know, quality things, just like simple things like pick a night, what time, be clear, have something to snack on, make sure you don't have interruptions. Everybody turn their phone off. It's only going to be for this long. We're hanging out. But then outside of that, what really embeds a, a small group school, uh, culture culture is not um, the day that you have small group. It's the lifestyle. They're constantly on the phone with each other. They're constantly in each other's life. They're constantly doing stuff together. They're, they're, if it's not playing Fortnite together, they're hanging out together. If it's not going to a movie, it's they're, you know, they're going to play something together. The point is, is that they're always together. You're doing life together. Small group. I think small groups fail when it just becomes about the one night that we've carved out to be Christian together in a smaller setting. No, I'm going to be a Christian the rest of my life, my whole life, and I'm going to do life with people and enjoy and hang out and have a good time. You, you'd be surprised. Small groups take off like that uh, with that kind of um, structure. So you're, you pour in the 12, then those 12 go and do it, and then they pour into their handful of people, and then they raise up leaders, and they go from there. I hope that helps. Yeah, no, that does help. And that was something I've actually been preparing to do come the middle of May. So that is, yeah, awesome. it's just really encouraging. Yeah, thank you. I had a point yeah, five. Absolutely. I don't know. Can I ask it? What's that? I'm not doing anything. Can I have a point five? Like it's not a sure. point five. It's a whole point five. Go ahead, Julie. So uh, this is actually kind of um, a broader spectrum question too that doesn't just apply to youth ministry. I would say it applies to ministry and all. So my husband and I, we talk a lot about ministry and how it functions and, you know, redeeming the actor and all these things. And for us, it's like, Sometimes it feels like there's such a bad pouring out when a relationship is a two-way street. And when it sounds like we have to go after the kids, keep going after them, don't let them run away, but they don't want it, it becomes, doesn't that become dangerous? Because even in a relationship with God, it's a two-way street. And so sometimes I feel like we get burnt out because we're trying to be something for these people that they don't want or they're not ready for. And is, does there come a point where you release, like, how do you balance that? Because I just, yeah, that's something we feel passionate about. Or just like, yeah, I believe. And we've seen the things that want, you know what I mean? Things that are like ready for the students that need a little bit more support that do get there. Or because truth is, like Jesus even said, shake the dust off your feet. Why don't we do it with kids? We do it with the big church. Or like, we don't do it with the big church. Does that sense that I'm wording it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no. I'm totally <laughs> No, and I, I honestly think there's a lot more youth pastors that are like that right now um, than ever before. And so I'm sure you're asking a question that everybody else uh, would definitely ask. Here's what I would say to that is you need to make a list of the ones that you're going to be intentional with and the ones that you are not going to be intentional with. Now, this does not make you a terrible pastor. This makes you a phenomenal focused leader. And so I always had like 12. I always had 12 guys. And my wife took on 12 young ladies and she, I always had 12 and she had her 12 and we were overly intentional with them. And then I had another list of people and this was mainly our youth group. Um, but people that had been with us for some time, I would text them or I would shoot them a comment or DM or whatever. And I, and I know in Canada, you have different laws about how you can interact with students and stuff, but I would, I probably wouldn't be as, um, as focused on them, as you can say, they, I wouldn't want them to feel forgotten. Um, and then we got, I definitely wouldn't want them to feel unloved, but there's no way I could be intentional. And I think 
this is why you have to be so clear about what you want from your leaders. Um, I used to tell my leaders because we started growing pretty fast. I mean, our youth ministry, we weren't just meeting um, one night a week. We were meeting three, about to go four when I transitioned to Youth for the Nations and Christ for the Nations uh, four nights a week because we couldn't fit everybody into the building. And I used to have to tell my leaders, I, I said, I may not know everybody's name, but everybody's name needs to be known. And so I may not know every student that comes to my youth ministry. Um, and that's just the name of the game. When you grow, guys, listen, don't hate on people that do that. But it's, I may not know their name, but everybody's name needs to be known. Nobody gets lost here. Nobody gets forgotten. We're about the one. We have structure. We have systems in place. And so, so on the other side of that, if you are being intentional and there's no reciprocation of that, I think having a conversation and being like, hey, I, I'm confused. Uh, I thought we were going to have this like walk together, journey together. And right now I'm feeling like I'm not getting the reciprocation. I'm trying to be intentional and I love you enough to bring this up to you. Perhaps you've hit a busy season. I didn't know about it or something's changed, but I don't want to be annoying to you. And I definitely don't want to waste your time. So has something shifted that I wasn't aware of? I can't tell you how many times I had to do that. Even with my leaders, I had to do that. Hey, like, like if I would have to, I don't know, direct one of them or correct one of them. Um, and I noticed that there was a lot of pushback uh, more than beyond conversation. I'd be like, hey, wait a minute. I, I thought we had this father-son thing going on. And right now, I feel like I'm getting on your nerves and you're treating my words like they're indicting you and not investing into you. Because correction is not an indictment, it's an investment, right? And so did something change? And there were times, that there was, a, I would say, a handful of times, you know what, Pastor Chris, I just, I don't know if we're there anymore. I feel like this, this, and this, and there were things I needed to change, and there were things that they needed to change in order for us to continue journeying together, because um, we're all growing. No leader bats a thousand. Give yourself that kind of space. But I had to have that conversation. Hey, did something shift? Because I thought, you know, I was mentoring. I was leading. I was speaking into your life. I was caring out. This is what pastoring is. And if this changed, I'm fine with that. I just don't want to ruin the relationship. So tell me where we're at. I'm going to leave it with you. And I think that's going to be healthy uh, with them. You know, I don't, I don't think you should just quit on students, but you may not be as intentional with those that aren't being reciprocated in the relationship. Awesome. Thank you. So good. Yeah, good. Awesome. awesome. Thank you, everyone. And uh, special thanks to Chris today. Thank you so much, man, for, uh, for just investing in us. Wow, that was so good. Thank you again, Chris, for just spending that precious time with us and with leaders today. Hey, if you found this meaningful for you, why don't you go ahead and share it on social media? Uh, maybe subscribe on iTunes or Google or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and go ahead and write a review. That would just help us out so much. We just appreciate getting the word out there of how meaningful these episodes are. We really do hope that this has been an encouragement to you and has helped equip you in your own leadership because your leadership really does matter. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.